ever have a conversation with your girlfriend that was so good you wish it had been recorded? Think those conversations would be great to be able to share? Wondering if there's support or research for the recommendations your smart girlfriends give about mental, spiritual, and physical health? This podcast was born to answer those kinds of questions. Hello, I'm Sherry Coleman-Collins, registered dietitian nutritionist, and here with me in the studio is my girlfriend, Dee Wilson. We're excited to have you joining us today for this edition of the Southern Fried Girlfriends podcast. Dee, how are you today? I am excited and a little sad. <laughs> I know. I feel the same way. I'm having sort of like the the early blues, yeah. like, you know. So this is our last episode for season one. So it's exciting because it's like season <laughs> one is done. And Yay! then it's like, ah, wow, season one is done. I know, right? <laughs> I feel the same way. I feel like looking back, it's, you know, this is episode 28. Mm-hmm. And so I think to myself, like, how did we accomplish almost 30 episodes of our show? I'm amazed. Yeah. We are freaking awesome. We are freaking awesome. There. <laughs> And so are our guests. We have had so many great guests on this season, and I have loved having our girlfriends with us. Absolutely. Such a wide range of professions and ideas and every single one of them, including Chad, he was the one guy we had on the show, um, have been just amazing. Yeah, I agree completely. I think that, you know, that, you know, when you create anything like this, right, whether it's blogs or or audio or whatever you know it's the content is what matters Mm -hmm. and I think we've had some incredible content and I and I'm not saying that about me or you specifically although I think we've both done pretty good job (laughs) I mean I just really feel like the topics that we've talked about have been so fun and so relevant and and timely and good and I could talk about some of them Many more times, absolutely, and maybe we will as we kind of think about the next um, the next season. But I think that we've covered them also well. Yeah, I you would know? agree. Yeah, it's been fun. So I would say to anybody who's just jumping on, um, this isn't the end. <laughs> We're that's the that's the happy, excited part too. Is that now we get to think about season two, and we can look back a little bit and see, wow, what did we talk about? Um, what do we do well? What things can we do better? What things did we not get to that we want to do? There are so many more topics under the umbrella of health and wellness for women that I think we could talk about on the show um, that we haven't gotten to yet. And we'll talk a little bit about that near the end of the show today. But I, I think that um, if you're just jumping on to the Southern Fried Girlfriends podcast, go back and listen because you've missed some really fantastic stuff. But the beauty of podcasts is that you can go back and listen anytime you want to. Absolutely. And and in any forever. order. Yeah, and in any order you want to, right? So you can listen backwards if you want to. Although I'll tell you it got better, right? <laughs> it did get better. But um that's not to say anything bad about the earlier shows either. No. I think they were lots of fun, great yeah. topics, great women. But I am excited to see what season two will bring. Me too. Me too. So that's kind of what we're gonna talk about today. We're gonna talk about the two um, sort of simultaneous things happening, right? This concept of finishing well. So this is our last episode for this season and we want to finish well and goal setting. So I thought it would be fun. Indeed, this was sort of your brainchild too, is that like, I thought it would be fun when you mentioned doing a show about goal setting to think about how to finish well in our lives in our tasks, whether it's personal or professional, and then how do we set goals moving forward in an effective way, both professionally and personally? Yeah. Well, this came out of um, some work that I'm doing with a weight loss coach that I'm working with. Um, And we had uh, John Acuff come and speak. Well, it's on video. Oh, yeah. He came and, and spoke to our group and kind of thinking about the concept of, you know, the fall being the new new year. Yeah. And there's two things that are kind of happening at once. You're kind of starting over. It's a brand new school year and there's mm-hmm. newness in the air and fall things are kind of slowing down, but it's also um, a change of season. And then also kind of ending the calendar year yeah. and, and finishing well, like you said. And it just really made me think about, okay, okay, what am I doing 
now to set myself up for the new year mm-hmm. and what do I want to change about what I'm doing now? Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. You know what it makes me think of is harvest time, yeah. you know? This is harvest time. And so for the farmer, this is the time when he or she sees the benefit of all the work they did in the beginning of the year, right? So farmers plant in the spring. You know, as soon as the ground starts to thaw, they start to work. And they and they work really hard in the spring, but they don't see any fruit from that for months and months and months. And then all of a sudden, there's this huge harvest. Yeah. And I feel a little bit like that. Like we've worked so hard all year, and now we get to see sort of the harvest from all of the work that we've done. And personally, I think that there's there's so much beauty in that. But we can't do it without the planning. And I think it's important not to get tired as you finish things, you know, Absolutely. so that you finish well. I wonder when farmers begin to plan their planting. Oh gosh, I think they start like right after they harvest. Really? Yes, they begin right away. That kind of goes along with that same idea of both ending something yeah. and beginning something. Right, right, absolutely. Yeah, it's such an exciting thing, such an exciting time of the year. And you know, even though my son isn't in like official school school, you know, he's still in preschool, it's still a new year for us too. And I, I've always felt like the fall was the new year, I guess. You know, I never stopped being a teenager. Really? <laughs> I don't know. I, I never thought of that until, you know, John A. Kaufman mentioned it in yeah. that group. And I was like, you know, it is kind of that. You yeah. know, I buy new clothes in the fall of the year. Right. I buy new supplies. I buy a new calendar yeah. in the fall of the year. So there's so many things that are beginning. I love that. Well, let's talk about finishing well and kind of what does that, the the idea of finishing well look like to you? What does it make you think of? It just makes me think about going back to the goals that I set at the beginning of the year and seeing how, where I am. Yeah. Am I accomplishing them? Am I close to it? Now, technically, uh, I should be checking that every quarter, but that doesn't always happen. Right. Um, and so it, it does, for me, just mean, okay this is the plan that I set at the beginning of the year. Where am I? Yeah. Yeah. So reflection, you know, I think for me, it's definitely this time of the year, I always find myself doing a lot more reflection and thinking like, um, how have I done this year? How has this year looked for me? And also I, I feel a little more urgency. And some of that is sort of the slide that happens from Halloween, which by the way, happy Halloween, because this is our, this episode is going (laughs) to air on Halloween. So we love that. Happy for Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) So this is like the slide, right? right? You know, Halloween happens and then it's Thanksgiving and then it's Christmas and then it's New Year and it's like, oh my God, it's it's 2019, you know? So like this, so I always feel a little more urgency at this time of the year to look at the things that I've accomplished and the things that are still on my list. And I think to myself, I got two months to do it. Mm. If I'm going to do it this year, which was my goal, I got two months. How can I, how can I accomplish these things or what is left on my list that I can still accomplish this year? Right. That for me is the key. It's like, okay, Maybe I haven't accomplished everything that I said that I was going to, but is there something that I can still accomplish before the year ends? Yeah, yeah. So that to me is finishing well, is is being really intentional. And I know that's your favorite word (laughs) or one of your favorite (laughs) words is, you know, being really intentional to look back in reflection and to look ahead with anticipation and think like, for me, you know, there are definitely some things that are still on my list that I want to finish. And, you know, I, I think one of the things that I've learned and I've read about this recently too, is just how unfinished tasks take up so much energy and brain power for me. It's, for everybody. Yeah. Um, I think of it as kind of like feng shui for your mind. I'm mm-hmm. very into feng shui. <laughs> um, and just thinking about, okay, if I get nuts when I have clutter yeah. in my house, how is clutter in my mind affecting that when I have several things going on at the same time that are incomplete and I'm starting something else and that mental energy is still there for that thing that I'm not going to finish or Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do. What am I, how am I not serving myself Mm -hmm. by, by not completing that task before moving on to something else? Right. Right. So I used to always have about 10 projects going at the same time. And some of that would be, and some of that I still have, um, as part of my professional life, just because I do so many things. Right. Mm -hmm. So I do the podcast and I do freelance writing and I do a little bit of nutrition counseling. I do a lot of travel. I do nutrition communications. And in all of those areas, I constantly have 
projects going on, right? So there's always tasks associated with each of those things. And sometimes those tasks can be a little bit overwhelming. So I have to look at them and constantly be reevaluating. And I have some tools that I use, and we'll talk about that when we talk a little bit about goal setting. But I think the other thing is personally, like I have been guilty of doing that to myself, like starting lots of projects at home. You know, I love to sew and I like to draw and I like to, you know, do crafts and I like to cook and I like to, so I would end up with (laughs) all these projects going that I'm never finishing. My husband drives him so crazy. So I have learned that I need to really limit that, right? Yeah, that's a (laughs) lesson that I had to learn as well but because it was driving me Mm -hmm. crazy, like I can be prone to anxiety. And if I'm so anxious about getting all these things done and I'm the one that keeps adding new things Mm -hmm. on, then I'm overwhelming myself, which means that I also have the control to overwhelm myself yes. by letting some things go. Yes. Yeah. I think that, you know, one of the things that I've started doing is I look at my, as I look at my task list, right? The things that I want to do, I make a, I have this list. I just always have to, to do lists going. I'm a list mm-hmm. person. I don't know about you, but I am a list person and I love to cross things off my list. <laughs> but you know what I've learned is that sometimes I cross things off my list, even if I didn't do it because I've decided not to do it. Yeah. And I just cross it off the list. And then it's not its not that it's still out there because I made a decision. I'm not going to do that anymore. So it's not out there so anymore. It's gone. It's gone. Mm-hmm. It's done. But I have to sort of physically cross it off the list. Or I erase it from my notes app on my phone. Mm-hmm. So I just erase it. It doesn't exist. It's no longer a to-do. It's just a – Yeah, I use Todoist as an app. And that's uh-huh. where my to- to-do list live. And there have been some things that I've done that too. Like, okay, well, this this is no longer a priority or it's not something that I still want to do. So it, it goes away. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel guilty about it. Yeah. That's the other thing. It's yeah. It's just understanding that sometimes there are things that you're not going to be able to do. And mm-hmm. it's okay to let them go to move on to something else. Yeah. And I think, you know, the thing that's taught me that I think – is the quote or the concept that every yes is a no to something else. So every time I say yes to one thing, I'm saying no to something else. And I find that if I'm feeling stressed about not having the time to commit to something that's really important to me, like spending quality time, quality time is my love language. So if (laughs) if I'm finding that I'm not able to spend quality time with my son or with my husband or with my girlfriends, but I have all these other things going on, I, then I can look at it and go, wait a minute, my priority is to spend this quality time so that I love and feel loved. And yet I'm wasting time and energy doing this solo activity that, yeah, maybe there's some benefit to it because I enjoy doing it, but it isn't the same. And I have to, so I have to constantly be evaluating that trade-off. Yeah, I did this Bible study, uh, I guess it's been a couple of years ago now. Uh, Lisa Turkhurst, Mm, the the best, best, yes, yes, changed my life. So when you talk about how I put myself on my calendar and how Mm -hmm. that's great, that came out of the best yes, because I want to make sure that I'm spending my time in the best way possible, giving my best yes, that I'm saying yes to things that actually matter so that I'm not saying no to something else that really should be taking my time. Yes. Like myself. Yeah. And some people might call that prioritizing. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what it is. No. (laughs) Well, you know, the other thing that I think has really affected me a lot is, is this like, um, idea of perfection paralysis. Mm. Oh, it is painful stuff is, you know, I, I am, I have often called myself a recovering perfectionist and I'm definitely am. And I think that, you know, for a long time and, and still sometimes I can find myself like, I think, I think if I can't do it perfectly, then I don't want to do it or I or I just put it to the side or if I start it and it's not the way I want it to be, then I just don't finish it. I just leave it. Mm-hmm. But I've had to learn that um, imperfectly done is better than not done at all in most cases. Absolutely. Like this lesson I started to learn in a creative writing fiction class that Ooh, I took. How um, fun. Yeah. Well, you're full of interesting things. Well, I don't this know is about when you. I was in college <laughs> and I am a writer. Uh-huh. Uh, I write. I've been published one time. Woo-hoo! Um, But the thing about 
people We're going to have to get the scoop on that, girls. <laughs> the thing about people who write is it's like, oh my gosh, it has to be perfect the very yes. first time that I write it. Yes. And you can spend years trying to write a novel doing that where what this professor taught me was just to get it down. Yeah. The art of writing is really more about rewriting. Yes. Than it is about just getting it down. So mm -hmm. you just get it down. You just do it. Yeah. And it's so much better to have at least done it. Yeah. Than to have been so focused on getting it perfect that you don't accomplish anything. Which yes. is what you just said. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's um a great quote by John Acuff that goes, the harder you try to be perfect, the less likely you'll accomplish your goals. So true. Yeah. So true. It's absolutely true for me. You know, the more I can let go of being perfect and recognize that, you know what, sometimes, excuse my language, it's half-ass. But it's done. It's done. Half-ass <laughs> is better than no ass. It is, right? For I mean, I, yeah. I mean, and, and then I get to check it off my list. Thank you very much. I'm done. done. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, the other thing that's come for me is like the f learning to really appreciate the feeling of satisfaction that comes with being done. When I'm done, when I've done it, even if it's not perfect, even if it's not exactly what I imagined, I'm satisfied when I finish something in What's a way. What's an example of that for you? Oh, gosh. Like, um... Well, I think, you know, I wanted to clean out my closet. Like, this is a good example. I wanted to clean out my closet. But I, like we talked about earlier uh, off the show, is I have, a, I have a lot of clothes and because I love clothes. And uh, I don't have as many as I used to, but I have a lot of clothes. And I didn't want to – I wanted to pare it down, but, but I didn't have time to go through it all. Like, mm -hmm. I just didn't have the time to go through my entire closet. And, you know, if you talk talk to people who do, like, organizing and this and that, they tell you, like, devote a day to going through. I don't have a day to devote to <laughs> cleaning my closet. I just don't. So so I just didn't do it for the longest time. And then I realized that, wait, I can just take one section. Yeah. Just take, like, the dresses. Like, let's just go through the dresses and figure out, like, okay, I'll try on all my dresses this day. And then I decided, okay, I don't like this. I like this. And then I felt so good that section of my closet Isn't was that really, like an amazing feeling it when it's like, ah, I accomplished this thing yes. that I said I was going to do. Yeah. And so I didn't feel at the end of it like I thought I would feel, right? I thought I would feel like, oh, but I still have so much to do. No, I felt really happy that that part was done. Absolutely. And that was motivating to me for doing the next part. So then another time when I had a chunk of time, I went through the shirts and I just tried on all my shirts and decided, do I like these or do I not? You know what I mean? And that kind of goes along with setting um, goals because sometimes yeah. they can be so big yeah. that it becomes like overwhelming. You feel like you have to do the whole thing yes. all at once. Yes. And the reality is, you is don't. that you don't. No. You really aren't supposed to do it right all right absolutely so yeah so 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 now it's time to do the closet thing again like <laughs> that's been a couple of years so now it's time to do the closet thing again I think that's for me like the closet and clothes and clutter and everything's just a constant work in progress right because I'm bad about like I will still be bringing things in and the only way to stop getting clutter is to stop bringing things in I know that <laughs> and that's not going to happen but today that doesn't happen for anybody no. like I told you I love feng shui I'm yeah very, I'm a little nuts about it. Um, and whenever I get the sense that when I walk in my house and I feel claustrophobic, I know that it's time to like move mm -hmm. things out, even though there's not a lot of clutter there. Yeah. Um, the reality is, is that we are a consumerist society. Yeah. So things are always going to be coming in. But as long as we're paying attention to the fact that they're not building up, it's okay. Yeah. And it's so freeing. Yeah. To like give some things away. It is. <laughs> it is. And it's and I think that it's really satisfying um also if you do it in a way that benefits somebody else. Yeah. Like you have to decide what your personal motivation is, right? Not everybody's gonna be motivated by this, but we have had some furniture that's been taking up space that's been it's not furniture we're gonna use. It's not something that I like anymore. We aren't gonna have a yard sale. We don't we're just not that we're not doing that. So Recently, a friend of mine said, oh, I have, you know, somebody I know needs some furniture. They're setting up housekeeping for the first something. time. And I was like, <laughs> take it. <laughs> and, and it felt so good because, number one, I got it out of my space. And number two, I helped somebody else. Absolutely. So so I think if you can, like, marry <laughs> your the task you don't want to do with something that benefits somebody else or that motivates you in some way, if it's money, then sell it. You know, whatever mm -hmm. it is, then, then you're going to get double the benefit, double the satisfaction. Absolutely. Right? And I didn't even have to do anything. They came and got it. So thank God for that. <laughs> I, 
I'm like have a personal relationship with the person at Goodwill because oh, I yeah. go there probably oh, yeah. every 60 days. I've got a truckload of stuff for them. Love so it. yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. What a gift to the Goodwill and to yourself. Love Goodwill. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So finishing well, I mean, I think that that for me is sort of wraps up the the how I've embraced the idea of finishing well and what that looks like. And, you know, I used to work in school nutrition. I don't remember if you know that, right? Yeah, I used to work I think in, you talked about it briefly on the show. Oh, yeah. So I used to work in school nutrition and I loved it. And maybe that's why for me, like the, the fall has always has sort of consistently been the start of the year because in when you work for schools, that's the way it is. <laughs> I went to school and then I worked for schools. So it's, you know, fall's always been that for me. But with my group, when I worked in school nutrition, I always challenged them to finish the year well, you know, as they wrapped up in the spring, the full year, like finish well, finish strong, stay focused. And as we approach the end of the calendar year, I would say to you, if you, if you have goals for your calendar year, you still have two months to finish those goals. Mm-hmm. So finish well well, finish strong, think about what you want to accomplish and then do it. And don't, don't let yourself fall into the, well, I'm not going to get it perfectly done or, or I can't accomplish everything. So I'm just not going to do it. You know, do the things you can do. Just pick the one, pick one. Yes. Pick one. I love it. I love it. Yeah, for sure. So now let's think and talk a little bit about goal setting, right? So as we approach the fall, as we do think about 2019, and for us thinking too about season two and thinking personally and professionally, how do we approach goal setting? What are some things that you do, that I do, that we can share with our listeners? And you guys tell us too, like what are the things that that you do for goal setting that make it easier and more impactful? For me, you know, one of the one of the things that I do is I I'm a calendar girl. Mm-hmm. I already mentioned I'm a list maker. <laughs> Those I'm two a, things kind of go hand yeah, in hand. Yeah, they do. Oh, that's funny. I'm a calendar girl. I'm not sure that came out is exactly. That a song? I don't know. I think that's like a concept, right? Chicks on the calendar. I don't know why I'm thinking Billie Holiday. Oh, I don't know. Like, never mind. Uh, I don't go on. <laughs> well, Billy I keep, Joel. That's what I was Billy thinking. Joel. I don't know if that's a Billy Joel song or not. I don't not. know. We'll have to look it up. I could be making that up. Well, maybe, maybe not. Well, we'll uh, so I so I know that there are lots of different calendar concepts, right? Lots of different ways that people keep their calendars digitally, um, or on um, or on or on paper, right? So for me, I used I tried using a digital calendar for a long time, and I have a Google Calendar and Outlook Calendar and all of that, and we I use that professionally, some personally, but I have learned that I must have. A written calendar. I just cannot keep it straight, first of all, <laughs> only digitally. I just can't. But I also have found that for me, and this is especially effective with goal setting, is if I can look backward and forward at the same time with a written calendar, I'm very visual. I need to have that calendar in front of me to see how much month is left, how many weeks are left, how many days are left, how much time do I have open on my calendar versus how much time do I have not open on my calendar. And it really, really helps me set goals and prioritize those goals. And see, for me, I would be (laughs) nuts with like a piece of paper in front of me trying to figure that out. Like I have to have a digital calendar that's tied in with my to-do list um, in order for me to be able to plan. Like I I need to see everything in all one Mm -hmm. place and I have calendars that are specific for work and Mm -hmm. for even doctor's appointments and for our family and for the show. And so... Because all of those things exist separately and have to, I need a space where they can exist together mm-hmm. and by kind of aggregating them in one digital calendar is helpful for me. So I, I do that in writing though. I add everything to my written calendar. <laughs> Something will get forgotten <laughs> Well, <laughs> for me because I always maybe. have my phone on me. Yeah. So like yeah. I, I. Yeah. The one downside to the written calendar is there are no automatic alerts. That's the other thing. Yeah. I have everything yeah. to give me no an reminders. alert the day before so yeah. that I know. Um, yeah. Which is kind of what you do if you're thinking about you're sitting down, you're looking at your calendar yeah. and you know what's Every day. coming up. 
Yeah, every day. And I and so I think, you know, I do a combo of them because I do need the alerts. Mm-hmm. So I do and, and professionally I have to keep a calendar, a digital calendar professionally for my team and for other people that I work with and appointments that I have made with clients. I have to have a digital calendar so that they have the digital meeting and I like getting the alerts. Mm-hmm. So I do a combo of those, but um but for goal setting specifically, I think for me the benefit of the written calendar is I really am visual. I really like to be able to look at how much time is left Mm -hmm. and be able to assess in a very holistic way, how much time do I have committed to other things than the thing I'm thinking about, right? So for, for me, for writing, for instance, if I've got a project that involves writing, I can look ahead at the week and think, okay, I have to write a thousand words that's going to take me a certain amount of time. How much time do I have in the week ahead? And then I know, okay, I need to do this today or I need to do this. I have time to do this tomorrow. And then I can dedicate that time um, to do that. So do you put that on the calendar no. or do you just, okay. Yeah. I just, I mean, I guess I could. So you're kind of using it as a guide to yeah. determine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then for, for like my goals, I can look at it and go, okay, I know that for this year I have a goal to do X, Y, like a certain number of books. And then I can look at the weeks and go, okay, how many books do I need to read in the weeks that are left for the year in order to meet that goal? And that, that helps me. You know what? I kind of do the same thing. I use something called the first four circle method. Mm -hmm. And that I do do on paper because it's something that I can't do digitally, but I do transfer those daily goals or weekly goals to my digital calendar. But the, the planning of it actually happens on paper. Okay. Yeah. There is something that's kind of magic about writing things down. I think there is. And I think there's probably research that supports that, that writing, the the physical act of writing does Mm -hmm. something different with our brain that connects our brain to our intentions. I know that like um, Rachel Hollis, who wrote um, Girl, Wash Your Face, and that book is coming up in my queue. on my list. (laughs) (laughs) The book app that I use is going to be available on the 22nd of this month, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and she, um, I know that I've watched her Instagram. She does like morning Instagram lives, Mm -hmm. and I've watched her, and she's talked about um, this action of writing in the morning, of writing writing out your intentions and she does it in a really specific way. And I know a lot of other people do this writing activity in the morning and I sometimes do journaling in the morning when I'm praying or whatever. And I find that those actions of actually writing things down, whatever it is, makes me more productive. It makes me more, it it sets my intention in a way that just looking at my calendar doesn't, doesn't do that. So So I also do journaling most mornings Mm -hmm. and what I find is it's, for me, it's more of a way of kind of dumping out everything in my head in order for me to kind of organize it and move on with my day. And I find that I'm able to be much more objective about the kind of thing, the things that are running around in my head when Uh I write them down Mm -hmm. than I am when I'm just thinking about them or worrying about them or whatever. There's just something about seeing it on the page that makes me much more clear. Yeah. So I think that's that, that transitions us or, or um, moves us into sort of this idea of writing down our goals, mm-hmm. right? Writing down our goals. And I think as we plan ahead, you know, having written, intentional, objective, like smart, <laughs> to use that smart <laughs> term, you know, measurable goals is so important if you want to really accomplish anything, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, and so um, so I definitely write my goals down each year and on a regular basis evaluate and sort of um, rewrite them if I need to. And um, I make attainable goals, goals that I know these are definitely things that I can accomplish this year. If I focus on them and I pay attention to them, these are definitely things that I can accomplish. And then I make stretch goals, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me, stretch goals are goals that I don't know if I can do that. I might not have yet the knowledge or skills to do that thing, but I'm going to put it on my list because I want to do it. Mm -hmm. And then my goal will be trying to figure out how to make that stretch goal happen, (laughs) right? Well, you you make a few smaller goals. The stretch goal is the overarching goal, but then there are certain things that have to be accomplished in order for you to make that. So maybe it's, you know, the overarching goal is write a book. Yeah. And maybe the the smaller... The smaller thing is, you know, write once a week yeah. on this book. Yeah. Once this book. Yeah. 
I think that the most striking thing about what you just said was understanding that you can rewrite them. Yeah. Like it, it's not set in stone. No. These are your goals. You are in control of them. And so if it changes in the course of the year, there's nothing that says that you're not allowed yeah. to rewrite them, rework yeah. them. When I was a, um, when I was a teenager, I went to college, like the first year I went to college, um, and it was kind of a disaster. It was like the first time I'd ever been away from home and I had all this freedom and I just messed everything up. I just like my first semester. Wow, I was we've okay. never had this conversation, oh, but I did too. <laughs> oh, the second, by the second semester, it was just like, I was a mess emotionally. I had not, I had not done the things I should have done. I partied a lot. I had a great time. And then I had a terrible time. Girl, it same. was just, did we, oh, the same oh, we, we, we lived parallel lives a lot of the girl. <laughs> But I, I mean, I was just like, at the end of it, I was such a disaster. Mm -hmm. And I was so heartbroken to go home and talk to my mom um, because I was the first one to go to college. And it was a big deal in my family um, for me to go to school. Like, it was a big deal. And my mom had sacrificed a lot to send me. And I knew that it meant a lot to her. And I felt so bad about going home and telling my mom I wasn't going to go back for a while. I didn't know how long, but I needed a break. I didn't mm -hmm. know what I wanted to do. I had no direction. I'd, I'd made a mess of myself and I just needed to, I needed time. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was the right thing to do, but I still struggled. You know, I was 19. Like I struggled with doing that. And, um, my mom was so good. She was, she gave me such a gift. She said, Sherry, you can change your mind anytime you want to. And it was, <laughs> oh, oh, it was like my mom had just breathed Freedom. life into me again. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just such a gift and it's something that I've carried with me in my life since then. And I haven't always embraced it as quickly as I would like to, mm -hmm. but I, but I've real, it's, it's something I never forgot. I mean, I'm 45 now and I, well, I'm almost 45 and I, and I look at that and I go, okay, like, yeah, I can change my mind. It's okay for me. It's not a failing to change my mind. It's not a failing to change my trajectory. In fact, it's a it's a benefit. It's it's what I should do. If something's not working, you don't just keep doing it. You it do something means that different. You recognize that there's it's time yeah, to do something different. Exactly. And there's no failure in that. No, no. And also failure is not a bad thing. No. So that not. maybe that's something that we can talk about. Oh, yeah. Season. Girl, we should add that to the list for sure. Yeah. I think, you know, one of the things like we've talked a lot about this making lists and goal setting, but I think the other thing is like learning to know yourself. And yeah. that's some of what we've been talking about too. And there are lots of tools that can help us learn about ourselves. So self-evaluation and reflection, I think are incredibly valuable tools. You know, there. I think there's this sort of false idea that we should know ourselves. We should just know our strengths and weaknesses, but oftentimes we don't. How are we supposed to know that? <laughs> well, I live with myself every day. <laughs> How am I not going to know? But we also live very, uh, sometimes very unconscious lives. Yeah. So it, it's, it's very easy to not know yeah. yourself. Something as simple as, you know, I was listening to a podcast yesterday and the woman was talking about closets yeah. and saying, you know, if you have a ton of clothes in your closet, then that means you don't know how to dress. You don't know I'm not what your personal style <laughs> No, I didn't mean it like that. But you just you don't know what your personal style is, right? And it's it's okay to take the time to learn. Yeah, it. and because we live so unconsciously, sometimes yeah. we don't know. Right, right. So I think there are a couple of things we can do. Right. I mean, the one is professionally and personally, we can take some, we can do some tests, right? Some self evaluative tests. So I think Myers Briggs is one that comes in. I'm an INFJ. In case you're wondering. <laughs> um, Enneagram is another one that I love. I think it's really cool. And then the disc is one that you mentioned. Yeah, I've taken the disc. I've also done my Enneagram. I'm not sure that I believe that I'm a one. <laughs> but it's, apparently I am. And in disc, I'm an S. I support. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I think knowing yourself can help you set your goals better and help you understand why you can accomplish some things and maybe why you have a harder time accomplishing other things. And it can make it easier to let some of those other things that are more difficult for you to accomplish just go. Yeah. Because maybe I'm just not built for that. Right. And, and that's I think, okay. yeah. And I think, I think, oh, another one I love is the love language test, right? Oh, yeah. So knowing your love language. And I think that one and some of these others too can help you 
know yourself and also can help you know the people in your life and help them know you better. So what are the, some of the ones that you've done that have been helpful? I've done all of those. And um, they've all been helpful in different ways. I mean, my love language, that was a huge one. I mean, I think for me, personally and professionally, I learned that my love language is quality time, which is not a surprise. It was not a surprise once I took the test and I was like, oh, yeah, of course that's my love language. You know, for me, being with people, mm-hmm. being together for not just like a minute, like I need to sit with you and talk with you. I need to look in your eyeballs. I need to I need to be in the space where you are. And that's loving you and that's being loved by you. So for me, that's so important. And so when my life gets really busy and I'm traveling a lot and I can feel really disconnected really quickly because mm. I don't do like by myself time, not in huge quantities. I need some of that, but I also need to be with the people that I love who love me in order to feel fully loved. Um, it also like my, 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 my mom's love language, I think is gifts. Mm. And that's so, that's like on the bottom of my list. And so I have learned that, okay, that's her love language. How can I learn to love her that way? Because I want her to feel loved. Um, She's important to me. She's, you know, I want her to feel as loved as I love her. So how do I do that? And I'm, I'm not good at it because love, like gifts are not my thing. Like I'm just, I don't, (laughs) I don't care. Like I appreciate it when people, it's nice. Thank you for that gift. But I'd rather have time with you a hundred times than giving me any gift. I'd rather have time with you. You. Yeah. And so, but for her, it's different and that's okay. It's not bad or good. It's just different. Just and different. Exactly. So I think that's helped me personally. And then um, professionally, like understanding that, um, that my Annie, I'm an Enneagram three, so I'm an achiever and, um, and that's really important to me. And I think there was a part of me that always felt like a little bit guilty about being competitive or being, um, needing to have, uh, um, accolades or whatever. I felt bad about that. Like guilty. (laughs) I don't know. I I feel like, you know, if you're really good, you shouldn't need that. Like, you know, that you're doing a good job should be enough in and of itself. Right. And the person that says that is a person who doesn't need it. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, so I've had to learn that, okay, wait, this is how God made me. Mm -hmm. He made me that way. That's not bad. It's just that I need to learn how to, okay, make sure I'm reminded and I remind myself that my identity is in Christ and I, he made me this way. And I also like to achieve things and do things. And how can I do that more? And how can I do that more in line with his will for my life? Absolutely. Yeah. I think the one that's been the most beneficial for me or helped me better understand myself and the people around me are Gret- was Gretchen Rubin's The Four Tendencies. Ooh, that's a you good know, one. And understanding that I'm an internally motivated person because I would always be like, wow, why can't I accomplish this task that this person wants me to do? Well, I couldn't because it didn't make sense to me. Yeah. And because my motivation comes from and in- comes internally, I have to make it make sense to me in order to be able to accomplish it for somebody else. Yeah. Um, and definitely in understanding my kids, mm-hmm. you know, my oldest son is also internally motivated. Mm. And so I would get so frustrated with him <laughs> because it's like, he's not doing what I want him to do. <laughs> well, now I understand it has to make sense to him the yeah. same way it makes sense to me. And so I'm better able to communicate with mm-hmm. him in a way for it to make sense to him as well so that then he will want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my youngest child is both internally and externally motivated. Wow. So it has to make sense to him and he wants to get it done like yeah. absolutely best. Very competitive, uh. very like driven and, you know, wants to do everything perfectly. So yeah. Yeah, it's been it that has been life changing. Oh, that's awesome. We'll we'll include links to all of these concepts, all of these different tools for you guys to consider whether or not one of these might work for you cuz I I definitely feel like the more we know ourselves, the better we know ourselves, the better we can set goals, the better we can I don't know, sort of tackle some of the things that the barriers that we have, like mm-hmm. the things that keep us from accomplishing our goals. I was just about to say to set goals that we are better able to accomplish. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And I think like the evaluation tools, the other thing I would say is is a is sort of asking for input, seeking external input on helping us. I think one of my weaknesses is not being able to see my blind spots. I'm not That's always everybody. Yeah. That's the definition of blind spot. <laughs> but, but I, I think some people I'm more self aware now. <laughs> than I used to be, but I think some people are, some people are more self-aware than I am. You know, I think I can be, but there are other times 
not so much, you know, and, and I, it's very helpful for me to have feedback. And maybe that's part of that's the achiever piece, right? That mm-hmm. needing sort of external, some external validation, like having that external input in a positive way and also in a growth, you know, sort of a, as a growth opportunity, I like to call it, not mm-hmm. criticism because that hurts. But, <laughs> but, but having that feedback from other people, whether it's an annual review that I have professionally or it's a mentor that I ask to speak into my life or it's a peer group that I get with and say, hey, you know, let's talk through these professional issues. How can we do this better? Or, you know, I hired a a business coach not too long ago, too, that worked with me for almost a year to really help me think through some of my professional goals. What were the things I wanted to accomplish? Because I can be all over the place. Again, you know, project. You got a lot you want to (laughs) do. And I want to do it all at once. So, you know, having somebody who can help me sit down and say, okay, what are the things that really matter professionally or personally? And how can I prioritize those things so that those are the things that I accomplished this year and not like 82 other things that are unrelated that might be great, (laughs) but (laughs) don't move me along the path that I want to go on. Right. So they just kind of help you with the focus? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And, And I think... The, the the other good thing that can happen from that is like sometimes people can identify strengths in you that you may not know you have, you know? Yeah, that's true. And and I think if somebody else can see that in you, sometimes having somebody else speak that in your life is so motivating, you know? I would say that I think what people see that you may not see yourself is – more stretching than kind of the stretch goals that you come up yeah. with for yourself. So just thinking about this podcast yeah, and you saying to me, you know what? I think you'd be a great co-host yeah. and it's not something that I ever would have thought about doing. I'm not a talker or at least I don't think of myself <laughs> as a talker, but to have you say to me, I think you could do this yeah. was enough for me to say, well, maybe I could, Yeah, you know? So yes. I, I see what you mean about having someone kind of speak into you and saying, Hey, yeah. I, I see, see this. this. Yes. And you saying, all right, let's try it. <laughs> I love that. And so that makes me so happy because look what we've done. Look at what we uh, did, girl. <laughs> <laughs> so as we think about like, okay, so we've talked a lot about professional goal setting. Mm-hmm. And then what about personally? Do you set personal goals? I do. I, you know, I don't really set professional goals. And I don't know if it's just because at the time of my life that I'm in right now. But a couple of years ago, I read Michael Hyatt's book uh, about life planning yeah. and started my life plan. Um, and like I said, I should be checking it every quarter, but I don't. I probably check it every six months. Um, but what that doing that process helped me to see that I really was disproportionately focused are not focused on my relationships. And so I've spent a lot of energy in the last couple of years kind of really focusing on building better relationships with my family, you know, my sister, my dad, my kids. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I do. What about yeah. you? Yeah, I, I definitely do. I'm, I'm a list maker. <laughs> I'm an achiever. <laughs> I set goals everywhere. <laughs> I have goals for my refrigerator. No, I'm just kidding. You have goals. No, for no, no. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't no. think you're kidding. No, no, I am not kidding. No. <laughs> so I think for me, you know, I use a tool called the wellness wheel. And uh-huh. um, so a lot of people may have never heard of this. Because, I have not heard of this. Yeah, it's not, it's not something that everybody is familiar with, but I really love the idea. And um, the, essentially what you do is you, you think of your life like a wheel and every spoke is an area of your life. And so the areas that you might consider are spiritual, emotional, intellectual, physical, social, environmental, and financial. And then in each of those categories, you sort of rate yourself one to 10 on this range. And then you look at it and you say, does this look like a wheel that would roll? And if you see that there are significant deficiencies in a certain area, then you talk about or think about like, okay, what can I do in that area of my life 
to improve my score in that area? Like how can I, if your area maybe is in social, right? So maybe you're not focusing on relationships. Maybe you're not connecting enough with people that you want to connect with, whether it's your spouse or your kids or your friends or your community, whatever it is. Um, how, what specific things can I do this year to improve my score there? And, um, and, and then you also look at areas maybe where you're killing it. Like maybe I'm, you know, I feel like my, my spiritual life is great and I'm, I'm very connected with God and I feel really like I'm doing what I should be doing within the context of the body of believers, you know, what are the things that I'm doing and how can I maintain that? You know, mm -hmm. so maybe that that's still part of your goal setting. You're not going to ignore the areas where you feel like you're doing really well because then you'll end up with deficiencies right, next year. Right. right? <laughs> but, but, but how can I maintain that? And then what can I do in these other areas maybe that cause those areas to improve in ways that create balance? Because really that's the goal of the wellness wheel is to think about your life in, in a more balanced way, you know, because when we're really unbalanced in one of those areas, we feel it in other areas of our life. Yeah, because they're all connected if you think about yeah. the wheel, just because everything's great on the left side of the wheel, if there's a deficiency on the right the reel's not going to roll. Right. Absolutely. And I, and so with using the wheel, wellness wheel, then I'll make goals about my personal life that have nothing to do with professional stuff. They can't be related. It has to be something separate. And that, and that works really well for me. A, an example, um, of something last year was, you know, I found that I was really not thinking about hobbies or myself or activities that I enjoy by myself. I just, or not by myself necessarily, but that are just for me, mm. that aren't for anybody else. So how, what things could I do? Well, I love cooking, but I was, I found that a lot of the cooking I was doing was utilitarian, right? It was to feed my family and to feed myself. And it was, you know, I like to post pictures on Instagram, so certainly <laughs> that's part of it. But it wasn't like it, it wasn't like just for fun, you yeah. know. And so I made a list of things I wanted to cook in the coming year. Ooh, what'd you put on the list? Well, so things like tiramisu from scratch, like from scratch stuff. You made you know? the lady fingers. I did too? not. That's the only thing I didn't make. Okay. I didn't make the lady fingers because I'm not crazy, but I, <laughs> but and I didn't want to. But I did. But I did want to make like all of the you know components of it, mm. and then uh, and then put it together, and you know, it's sort of from scratch. So not like a lazy version either. Like the real deal. Like mascarpone. Oh ridiculous it was so good <laughs> and then so um another thing on the list is fresh pasta so i have not made homemade pasta ever and i have a pasta machine not, not a machine but a maker like for my kitchen aid yeah i was about to say the the attachment. roller yeah mm -hmm. but i've never used it I've, and i've had it for years and i'm like making pasta looks so easy but it's so intimidating for some reason because so. it looks so Simple. I mean, yeah. it's like what three or four ingredients? Yeah, it's that? like nothing. Yeah, yeah. It but should be you easy. know the things that are like simple that way are <laughs> like very difficult oh, to do. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Making fresh naan was on my list too, and I did that last weekend. Yeah, I saw the pictures. Oh, it looked delicious. It was so good, and it's easy. <laughs> and I'll do that again. I'll do that again because that was easy. But I mean, it's a flatbread. It should be. I easy, know, but... right? But it's yeast, and I was like, you know, it's like there's... oh, it does. It has yeah, yeast. Yeah, oh, naan has yeast. Wow, I thought it was unleavened. I no. didn't know that. Mm -hmm. So I was very intimidated, but now I'm not because listen girl it's easy it just takes time though it does take time yeah I don't have that patience I'll eat yeah. it though okay I'll make it for you thank you <laughs> <laughs> the other thing personally I would say like for me is like planning for travel and I think that's something that I recommend to everybody like make planning make travel part of your plan for your life because changing your environment changes the way you see the world absolutely you know I always said that the one of the things that I've regretted uh, about raising my boys is that I did I wasn't able to give them the same experience that my father gave me mm. of living outside of the country mm -hmm. that it changes the way you think about yourself yeah the other people around you about, yeah you know they've grown up most of their lives in a very small part of metro Atlanta yeah and so their ideology is formed yeah. by that very small part of at metro Atlanta yeah and it's not deficient isn't the word that I want to use, but there's something that they would have gotten mm -hmm. having traveled definitely outside of the state, which they have, but yeah. then also outside of the country. Yeah. 
I agree completely. And I wouldn't use deficient either, but I would say incomplete. I mean, yeah. I think we can't have a true understanding of the world and the complexity of the social, political, emotional issues around the world yeah. if we've never seen it. And I think, you know, I've shared with you sort of my opportunities to go to Africa and see the rest of the, you know, the the, the, the world that I had never seen, you yeah. know, that I would have never seen. And to go and be with people who are just like me, but totally different than me, it created in me a love for people who are completely different than me that I never would have had otherwise, you know, a a deepness, a connection, a longing to be in love and to love, to love and be loved. You know what I mean? Like it created an emotional connection that I wouldn't have had if I hadn't physically been with them. I think it probably also opened your mind to think about things that don't necessarily I don't know, affect you or, you know, because something about getting the perspective of a person who lives a completely different life than you do is important, especially as we think about like our politics and our, the way that we worship and just everything you have to get out of just, well, I'll speak for me. I have to get out of just who D is in order to be able to understand other people. Yep. And I think you can do that for other people. Yeah. And I think you can do that um, in your own community. You can do that in this country and you can do that outside of this country. I think it just depends on your, what you can do, you know, do what you can do. If you can't go to the other side of the world, that's okay. Go to the other side of your neighborhood. Go to the other side of the country. Not the country, but the (laughs) other side of the city. So like if you're on the Southwest side of Atlanta, go to the Northeast. Yeah. Like something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Be with other people. And I think that, you know, what I learned is that um, my brothers and sisters on the other side of the world love their families exactly the the same way I love mine. Mm-hmm. They love their children and they want the same things for their children that I want for mine. And, you know, and I think that created again in me a connection that I might not have had. It's easy to, um, think of people as things or, or other, yeah, other, if you don't know them. Yeah. And so by knowing, I think physically changing our geography changes our connections and that's a good thing. So for me, that's like a personal goal I always have of like traveling and trying to do that more. The other thing that I do is books and media. Oh, I'm a reader too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So my goal this year was a book a month and I got close. And I think, you know, I'm looking at the end of the year and my list and I'm prioritizing what are the books that I think I can finish (laughs) and short books, long books, you know, deep books, you know, more fun books. What about you with books? With me, it's more about am I I'm always reading something. Always. I probably read about three books. Month, yeah, probably more than. And you that. do audiobooks, right? I do audiobooks because I don't have the time yeah. to sit and I love that. read a book. That's a gift. Um, I think that's awesome. And because I love to read so much, it's like, how do I do oh, this God. thing that I love while being able to accomplish everything else that I have yeah. to in the day? And so it's you know, Audible and yeah. Scribd audiobooks, and I probably read more than three books a month, but at least, um. Yeah. I love that. I love, what kind of so books I do you like to read? I always have an evolving list. Everything. There's fiction on there. There's self-help is probably my favorite. <laughs> Mind you. I don't know what Shocking. That, that says about me. <laughs> that I'm always like, we need help. quote unquote, working on myself. But I love uh, self-help books. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, murder mysteries. I probably read a couple of those a month too. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. I almost never read for fun, for fun, like just a book that's like a fiction. No. Uh, no, I just don't. I just don't. I probably need to do that more. Well, do you want to? Um, no. Okay. Then you don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to. Well, I mean, I enjoy it when I do. I just kind of, I always think when I'm reading them, like I should be reading something else. I'd rather be reading something else. That's what I always think. Well, if so, you would rather be reading yeah. something else, don't do it. So send me some recommendations for books, people, but don't make them boring. I mean, don't make them like nonfiction light books because I probably won't read them unless they're awesome if they're awesome send them to D <laughs> and she can evaluate them uh, so what else anything else in the personal realm of like goal setting you wanted to mention no like I said for me goal setting um has really focused around um 
personal goals. Um, Mm -hmm. I am kind of thinking that this year that maybe it's time for me to think more about professional goals. Like mostly I think because I'm an S I support, um, I take the professional goals of the people around me and figure how can I help them accomplish that? Um, But I've never really thought about how, what it is, what is it that I want to accomplish professionally and helping myself do that? So that's kind of where I am as we end and begin this new season. I I have seen you this year, I think, step up in a very interesting new way professionally. I've seen you doing new things and doing more things and stepping, it seems, out of your traditional role. Um, oh, absolutely. But then again, that I love also that. came from people we work with saying, hey pulling me into projects and saying, I think you'd be good at this, or I think that we need your voice on this. And it's Uh not something that I would have said, hey, you need to hear my voice on this, you know? (laughs) Um, And so it's been challenging, but fun and eye-opening and stretching me a bit. But I think that's also important. Yeah, I do too. I love that. That's awesome. Such beautiful stuff. I love mm-hmm. to watch you grow. I love. I I don't know if I'm an S. I don't. I don't remember the disc. I probably am not. But I. But I still love to see other people accomplish. I see you more of an innovator. Am I? Yeah. I don't know because what that is, that's but. the person that like. I'm the idea person. Ideas. Oh God, I am. Yeah. I have so many ideas. I don't know. That's what I challenge. That's my my struggle. It's like <laughs> I have I have so many ideas I want to do, and I, there's not enough time. One of the reasons that that I wanted to do a podcast is because I really want to write a book, and we've talked about the book thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I've I've got lots of book ideas. I've got like five, and I have one almost finished, and I've got others that have started that I just don't have time to do. Anyway, I'll get to them. But the great thing about the podcast is like you can create tons of content and you don't have to write it. It takes a lot less time. Absolutely. So I love the podcast because I think it's a great medium for sharing ideas and information in a way that people can consume easily and I can create easily. And thank God for D. Because <laughs> <laughs> you helped me do that. Do I? Yeah. I think I just sit over here and like listen no. and... I wouldn't want to do it without you. I wouldn't want to do it without you. So that's a great place to start thinking about the podcast. As we wrap up just a little bit, give the audience, our girlfriends, a little idea of some of the things we're thinking about for 2019, for season two. Um, I think for me, you know, I've thought about some specific topics, like topics I want to talk about. I want to talk about fertility. You know, I've mentioned a few times passingly on the show that I struggled to get pregnant. It was a very difficult process. Um, but I'd love to share more about that and, and hear about that too. I mean, I think I know so many people who've struggled with infertility and it's a tough subject to talk about, but the more we talk, the more I talk about it, it there is, there is, but the more I talk about it, the more I find that that there are other people who struggled too. Yeah. And we shouldn't struggle alone. And the thing about infertility that I, I've never struggled with it, but having known several people who have, they don't generally talk about it with one another. It, it's almost like a, a very private and personal struggle yeah. and pain. And it doesn't have to be that way. No. And I, so I think the more we can talk about it, the better. So that's one subject that I want to, I want to tackle. Um, I want to talk about alcohol. And so maybe talk about, you know, the pros and cons, you know, there's a lot of interesting research around alcohol, like, is alcohol healthy for us? There's some research that would say, yeah, a small amount or a moderate amount of alcohol is actually good for us. But there was a recent study that said that actually any amount of alcohol can have detrimental effects. And there's certainly the issue of alcoholism, right? Over drinking. And the, you know, the wine mom culture that I see evolving on social media is sometimes a little disturbing. So I want to talk about that. It's very scary for me. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I'm, I'm not thinking of any really specific topics, but the way I want to see this show go next season and evolve next season is kind of deeper conversations. Yeah. A little, you know, if we think about why we started the podcast, those challenging conversations that we would have in the kitchen at work um, and sometimes very emotionally charged conversation mm-hmm, or could be emotionally mm-hmm. charged conversations, um, I, I want us to have those on mm-hmm. the show and, mm-hmm. and, and share a little yeah. more of ourselves with our yeah. audience. That'll be fun and challenging. And challenging. Yeah. yeah. Are you girls up for a little <laughs> deeper conversation? Y'all like us enough. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the question. And I would say, you know, the other thing I want to see for 2019 
is um is getting our girlfriends who listen more involved yes right so we want to know more what you think we want to hear from you like tell us the content that's resonated with you and some of you do that and i love to hear from you and but there are a lot of people who are listening we know you're listening because we see the numbers (laughs) but we don't hear from you and i want to hear from you like what is it that you're loving what is it that you're that you're hearing that you're like i don't know about that or i disagree even we are okay with disagreement you know or actually love it when yeah. people disagree, I think when people disagree is when you have an opportunity to say my favorite phrase, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. So so both using technology, like how can we get you more involved? We also want to use technology to get some of our girlfriends who are not in the Atlanta area involved. Yes. So we want to be able to talk to our girlfriends in other places and maybe even some guy friends. Who knows? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> So you guys let us know, you girls let us know what you're interested in hearing, what you want to hear for 2019. We're super charged up and excited about season two. We loved spending season one with you. If you missed any episodes, go back and listen, catch up, let us know what you love, let us know what you want to hear more of, let us know what you don't want to hear, because that's important too. I mean, we we would love to get you more involved, both on the Facebook page and um, in the show. And if you want to be a guest... Or if you've got a suggestion for a guest, we want to hear that too. And you can reach out to us at southernfriedgirlfriends at gmail.com or you can reach out to us on social media. We're really easy to find. Yeah. And I just want to thank each and every one of you for spending this time with us. It's been so fun. And I just, I thank you. Yeah, absolutely. It's fun to do a podcast, but it's, it's, it would be kind of, it wouldn't be as much fun if nobody listened. (laughs) (laughs) So Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being with us. And as we wrap up the show, we'll 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 end it with the same question we've ended every show with. D, what's the one thing you're going to do to be healthier today? I think today I'm going to what am I going to do? Huh. I am really sad. Aww. <laughs> oh my God, I just really, like, I'm really sad. I think today I'm going to do some journaling. I, I need to get some of the thoughts that I have swimming around in my head down on paper and, and just kind of look at those. So that's mm-hmm. what I'm going to do. I'm going to journal. I think I'm going to go for a walk and I'm going to journal. I love it. That's good. What that's good. You? Yeah, for me, I think for me, I'm going to actually put some of this goal setting on paper. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, for me, it's really about... Again, this is the time of the year when I start really thinking about goal setting and I'm going to start putting these things on paper that I haven't yet written down, dreams and goals for 2019, because I'm so excited about what's coming. It's going to be great. (laughs) Well, again, girls, thanks for joining us. We love having you on this journey. We are excited about season one. Thank you for being with us. We're looking forward to season two. We'll let you know when that um, first episode of season two is going to launch. And uh, meanwhile, uh, don't be a stranger. We'll talk to you soon. (laughs) 